0: to our show, Film Talk with AJ Dean, a new podcast we have launched uh, for the film and TV professionals. And my name is AJ Dean. I'm your host and I have the incredible actor and comedian and very humble, Paul Vato. Hello,
1: Paul. Hi, AJ. You've taken my line line about being humble. So yes, yeah. And you know how difficult I find it to chat with people. So it's really a struggle to have to be here every, you know, every few days to interview amazing, amazing guests and people. So thank you for having me. <laughs>
0: Thank you for have, being here. with do we me have in the building, Paul? We have Nai Magee. She is a celebrity journalist, a screenwriter, and a filmmaker. And I believe she is from Chicago, Illinois, your hometown. Check it out. Hello, Nai. How are you? And it's so wonderful that you're here with us. Hello. Well, thank
2: you, Miss AJ. Thank you. All peace and blessings to you both. And I'm so excited
0: to be here. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. This is so thrilling. We we are just um, having such a great time tonight and I hope that everyone will enjoy this fabulous interview with our celebrity journalist. Um, I want to get right into it and jump right into it nice. So I'm looking at this incredible and beautiful picture of you. I love your curls. I love, love, love your curls. (laughs) I wish I I had them. You know, I, I don't, but I wish I did. And you have this gorgeous picture and also right next to it, a movie poster called Simplicity Patterns. Incredible. Can you tell us what that is about, how people can view it? Tell us all the good stuff, Nye, take it away. Well, you know what, as a movie
2: buff and as someone who interviews um, filmmakers and producers and directors quite often, and when I throw this question at them, right, as a fan and as a reporter, it does get a little frustrating when they can't tell us too much about the film. But here I am in that predicament. (laughs) I even talked to the director right before the interview, my fabulous friend, Dino, who I've known for years. Um, He's still editing the film. We are, he's gonna release it. The goal is to release it this year. Yes, this year. Um, He he, he told me that I can say that it looks fabulous because he's editing it uh, in 4K. Oh no, it was shot in 4K, right? And uh, the edit is just looking absolutely beautiful. And um, it's a short film. What I can say is a short film. We shot it in Detroit. Um, uh, it's a very small crew of my very wonderful fr- fr- friends that I developed in film school at Columbia College in Chicago. Um, we've known each other for 10, 20 years. <laughs> and um, the film is about a young man who grapples with some childhood um, issues as he is on a embarking on a new path and, and journey and life present day as an adult. And I know that's so very vague audience. I'm so sorry, um, but that's, that's all I'm at liberty to say about the film. It's not released yet, but um, Simplicity Patterns, that is what it's called. And um, you can just probably follow me on social media or follow the um, director, Dino. Um, you can see his, his full name because I know he goes by his full name on social media. And he posts updates about the film as well. So yes, yeah, so it was a wonderful experience working. I, what, what I can say, it's a wonderful experience working on a very intimate um, short film with passionate filmmakers that you have a built-in relationship with. It's always, and that always makes for a wonderful filmmaking experience.
0: Yes, it sounds like it's very enriching because you have that bond of history together of uh, shared experience. And um, I, I think it's truly amazing. It sounds wonderful. And it sounds a great, great story. And I love the movie poster because it's this cracked, uh, kind of like um, uh, ground. And, and yet there's this incredible life, this green leaf uh, plant growing through it emerging through it. And is that symbolic? It's, it's, it must be symbolic of the story because it, it sounds amazing. Well, yeah, it's, it, it, I think anybody who um, resonates with
2: has a bounce back journey, anybody who feels like they have reached, you know, when, you, you, when you're at the bottom and you feel like you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but suddenly <laughs> something happens, right? whether it's through your own action or through the interaction of someone else, or even through a memory, a triggered memory that helps you find the courage to bounce back, that helps you kind of like the phoenix rise from the ashes. That almost felt, it almost feels like a rebirthing, a new you, right? When you feel like, hey, wait a minute, I can't overcome that challenge. Or, hey, I am not that, um, that, black sheep um, unwanted unloved individual that perhaps my family and so-called friends have made me feel like I am and when you have that aha moment it kind of feels like new life a new you being born
0: absolutely wow you know I love well, that. Over to you uh, I want to send it over to you
1: I I, I don't know I don't know if if, uh, if I missed this and I think it's absolutely a hundred percent. Uh, find that that you're not giving away anything. I I I think uh I mean the 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 writer, the director is a hundred percent correct. It's like, you, you know, uh we want to leave people wanting a little bit more and, and we want them to watch it. So don't don't yeah, you know, no need to apologize for not giving it away. Um how are you involved in you said you didn't write it, but are you an actor in this project or how are you involved?
2: No, I was just a fabulous um uh, assistant to the director, right? And, um, yeah, that's it. Just, Wonderful. um, assistant director. Awesome. Awesome. Did not, you know, um, and then of course you, when you're working on a, so, a small film, it's kind of all, well, with any film It's kind of all hands are on deck. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but especially on a small film. So, you know, I found myself at moments handling craft services with one of the actors. So, <laughs> um, it and and the director's mom was helping on craft services (laughs) so so it was a very it was a very fun like i said this was a film made by filmmakers who had an established bond right through our film community at school and our relationships have just carried on through the years right and so when we came together to make this film It was one of those things where it was just like family. It felt like a family reunion, right? It felt like, hey, it it didn't feel like making a film. It just felt like a group of friends, um, a group of friends on the job, but it didn't feel like a job, that makes sense. Yeah. It's that that, that saying that we've all heard, when when you love your work, it doesn't feel like work. When you love your job, it doesn't feel like a job. Yeah.
1: A hundred percent. And I think, I mean, it's, it's very much like owning a, being a small business owner and, or a family business where, you know, something has to get done. It's going to get done. It's not like, well, this isn't my job, you know, Hey, I'm just here. I'm his assistant. That that's, you know, whatever he needs or she needs that. No, it's like, Oh, you need help over here. Bam. Let's get it done. You know, family getting involved. So I love it. I, I mean, it's, it's, I love the whole process. And I feel like people Need to know every aspect of this business because when you make your own project, you know even um, even not if you don't know how to do craft services, it's like well or or that that person walks away, you're like don't worry, I got this. So I, I think on all levels of, of every business, the you know the owner or the, the 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 director, people need to know all aspects of a business so that no one can can leave you high and dry. <laughs> you're like all right, they walked off, I I can I can DP this, I can you know, I know which lenses to use. You might not be the person you wanted, but at least you can get the job done. So I think that's that's wonderful. And, and uh, just speaks to the unity and strength of the project. So thank you for Absolutely. sharing
2: that. Yeah. Yeah, I've worked on projects where, you know, I've come in as maybe a co-producer. But, oh, and when I say projects, I'm talking about small, low budget, short films, right? Where the crew was like 20 people or less, where you have to wear multiple hats. And I think anybody who's watching this who wants to be in that community, especially um, the starting out working with small crew, like you just said, you have to expect, you should expect to wear many hats and you should want to, just to drive that point home, learning, everyone's learning multiple departments will help you in the long run, right? I found myself co-producing a project and script supervising. (laughs) you know, um, so it's like, and I don't mind, because I've always had that energy and that, that desire to want to learn. When I got into film, I didn't get, I wanted to be, a, uh, I got into, well, I wanted to become a filmmaker as a writer director. But once I started working in film, I saw, wow, I actually want to know what the AD does, what, I, I want to know what all the lighting folks do. I want to know what the DP does. So yeah, I think that is important to to navigate your way around the set, if you can, you know. Some productions they don't want, you know, if you were hired to want, work with specific department, stay in your department.
1: But <laughs> yeah, they stay in your lane. No, and that's that's 100%. And I think it comes with, you know, being socially aware and then putting yourself out there. And if they say no, then no, you know. Hey, may I help you with this? I mean. I I was on a soap opera for a couple of months called uh, the bold and the beautiful. And I remember, uh, leaving the set one day and the next day I came back and I remember that there was a garbage can that had been over here and now had somehow moved over here. So I'm like, Ooh, continuity. So I tell the, I don't know if if it was, it must've been the art department. I'm like, I go, I go, I, I go not for nothing, but that, that trash can yesterday was over there. And now it's over here. Uh, is there a continuity problem and they're like uh, it's a soap opera like she, she was like don't even worry about it uh, and then I'd never worried about it again because I'm like well they obviously know what they're doing but they're, they're just shooting so quick that and and the audience isn't gonna go like what like right. oh my god that that moved from there to over there so I was like you know stay in your lane you're the actor don't you know don't keep harassing them because it's you know it's not your job you've already told them once and they said it's not important okay it's not important whereas i was on a movie set and they were just so worried about the placement of a can of coca-cola on the stoop uh I, and i think it, it was it was uh like back when when er was being filmed because i was at my friend's house because they they would film in his house on kyler in chicago um and and i remember that a can of coke was just moved inches and people were like was that can here or here are they like panicked about it so it just depends on the project and i think i'm sure the bigger the project you know you're an actor be an actor but i always feel i'll make nice with the wardrobe with makeup you know i know that i know that i sweat a lot i get hot i let them know i'm like here give me some of these tissues and i i'll be more than happy to take care of myself and they appreciate that they're like okay he's a team player so i think that's (laughs) the important part is is being a team player but mind your lane when you have to just be socially aware that you know they may not need you know your advice on every little thing you know so thank you okay. for sharing that.
0: I was going to say good good eye on um, noticing that trash can because for you would be great in the continuity department in the prop department, uh, Paul. So good not eye on soap that. opera. They don't care. Oh. oh wow! I just learned something. Thank you for sharing that. That was really. Really interesting. And um I wanted to ask you, Nye, this is incredible. You've been in the entertainment industry for over 15 years. How did you get started?
2: Well, the long the short of it is, you know, I'm that girl who had to dreamed as a, as a child working in the entertainment business. And as a, you know, my earliest memories are just that. Um outlining a path, a plan, and following it. I said I you know wanted to go to a particular art school, Columbia College. Paul, you know Columbia College of Chicago? Um, so at that time, yeah, right? And so I wanted to go to Columbia and I did and um, studied film and television, um, well, film, TV production. That was my major, screenwriting, editing, television, um, uh, TV writing. Took some acting classes because i said i want to be a director and you know i i was like well if you want to learn how to communicate with actors you better take some acting classes so you can understand the world of actors right so long story short i will tell you this i remember and all i will if, if i live to see 80 i always tell this story i will always tell this story because i feel like this is just how i got in you know how, how i got involved um i remember the one of my film instructors when i was in film school he was telling um us the students one day you know none of you are born into money well most of you are not born into money you're not born into um, families and the business and the entertainment business so how are you going to get into the business if you move to la how are you going to break in so he says hey you have to lie your way in this business right so i remember um after graduating film school I always knew I was going to move to LA. So I moved to LA right after film school, graduating. And I said, well, how am I going to get a job? What am I going to do? I don't know anyone, you know? And I remember that advice. I remember the teacher saying, well, lie your way in the business. So I, you know, if you need an internship, if you don't need an internship, lie and say you need an internship. Lie and say you have experience, just enough experience on your resume to get yourself in the door. So long story short, I remember moving to LA, um, sending my resume out, seeking an internship, even though I didn't need one, I just wanted to get my foot in the door, to a couple of post-production houses in LA, cause I had um, editing experience. And one of them at the time, one of the jobs I sent out for was for Miramax, right? And at that time Miramax was still a major independent film studio, right? Big time, Harvey and Bob, there was no scandal surrounding the Weinstein name, you know what I mean? So um, I sent my resume off and a couple of, everyone replied, I think, and Miramax applied. And I said, well, I'm gonna go with Miramax, obviously, for obvious reasons. So (laughs) um, I got hired on. I didn't know at the time what the internship was gonna be. So I got there and it it turned out the internship was with Miramax's post-production team in LA and it just so happened that that team was Quentin Tarantino's main um, producing team. Like my main boss is Quentin Tarantino's to this day, right-hand woman, right? Shannon McIntosh. Um, you guys can IMDb her credits. So shout out to her for giving me a job, <laughs> right? And so, um, and so that that pretty much was the beginning of a wonderful career in what has been a wonderful career in the entertainment business, because I got the internship. I was an intern for about a month before they hired me. And they hired me full-time and I worked there for about a year and a half. And then that door
0: just opened up a lot of other doors. So long story short, that's how I got in. (laughs) Wow, that is yeah. such an incredible story, and we're going to talk more about that in a second, but I want to hand it over to Paul, because Paul is from Chicago. Take it away, Paul.
1: Uh, well, yeah, let me clarify that before people that are from Chicago, in Chicago, uh, start writing in, if the people still do that, and harassing me, because I'm, I was actually born in Aurora, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago, and but I love Chicago. I lived in Chicago when I studied at you know, the improv Olympic and the Second City, and I was doing a show uh, touched by an Anglo uh, at the Second City uh, uh, in, in their experimental, uh, Donnie Skybox, sorry. Um, it was a show that that I, I put together with some other Latino improv and sketch uh, comedy actors, uh, it's, which to this day uh, is still going 23 years later, 24 years later, which is uh, almost impossible for an improv troupe to last more than six months you know so so we had something really wonderful and that's the reason I ended up moving out to LA and and forming Barrio Speedwagon and doing Touched by an Anglo in uh in Los Angeles but yeah I I love you know I love Chicago my first business I are you familiar with a company called Oberweiss Dairy it's an ice cream uh Uh, yes I drink their lemonade all the time (laughs) Well, I mean, the lemonade's delicious, but they're, they're a dairy, and their ice cream is probably, yeah. well, let's just say, my fr- well, my first business was Oberweiss Dairy of Geneva in Geneva, Illinois, a quaint little uh, town in the Chicago suburbs uh, by the Fox River there, and uh, it's a very antique town. Uh, I think to this day, you know, no corporations. I mean, there's a McDonald's in Geneva, but it's not in this downtown uh, district. Where I was at the train station. So uh, let's just say when, when my, that was my first business, and when I started, I was two hundred pounds. When I sold it seven years later, I was three hundred pounds. That's how delicious this wow. this ice cream is. But everything yeah. they do, the ice cream, the, the the milk and glass bottles, the lemonade. You know, I didn't I didn't know that eggnog had so many calories. So if I'd have known that, I wouldn't have been drinking it a pint at a time. But it's uh, that was yeah. But uh, that that uh, that was kind of my my history and my background. But I. I love Chicago. I mean, we used to go to Emilio's Tapas. So I don't know if that's still there, but um, what, what part of the city are you in? Nye?
2: I am actually in the South Suburbs, so about 20 minutes outside of Chicago, so around the... Orland Park? Maybe, um, or like Homewood area. Homewood, yeah, oh, Homewood, of course. Yeah. Homewood, Flossmore, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yep, yep,
2: yep. 100%. Uh, Marion Catholic High School.
1: Yeah, of course. I, I went to Aurora Central Catholics. So I believe we probably wrestled or were in the same yeah. district as, as Marion, of course. Yeah. yeah, that's where I went, Marion, yep. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such a, a, a great city. Uh, I mean, I have I've, I've an affinity for the city, the people, the food, uh, whatnot, but uh, having studied at Second City and Improv Olympic, it just brings back so many fond memories and the fact that the bars were open an hour later on Fridays and Saturdays. Which now I'm in Vegas, it doesn't mean anything anymore, but uh, growing up, that was kind of important to us that, oh my goodness, the city stays open an hour, the bars are open an hour later on Fridays and Saturday.
0: <laughs> That's cool. You did, tried you, having... did you grow up
1: there? Did, did, oh no, yeah. You, you grew up in Chicago, <laughs> in Chicago.
0: Well, Wonderful. no, I've
2: always. Oh no, no. Well, let me be specific because I know Chicagoans are very specific about these okay. things. Okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, I same. grew yeah. up
2: in the South Suburbs. <laughs> okay. But you grew like up in I, the
1: Chicagoland area.
2: Yeah, exactly. Okay. And okay. you know, of course, then I spent four years in Chicago living down there when I was attending Columbia, right? And then moved to LA after Columbia, got after it, I graduated got it. college, exactly. Perfect. So then I lived in LA for about. 18 years. Okay. And then came back here right shortly, maybe about a year before
0: COVID.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Wonderful. Amazing.
0: Amazing. I love that. I love that you, you two have a bond there being uh, with your love for Chicago. And I love hearing about that. You know, Oprah is from Chicago and we're going to talk about her in a minute because I adore her. She's been a role model for me for so many years. As a celebrity journalist, because this is incredible, you have interviewed amazing people. I'm going to list a few of them here. Oprah our beloved Oprah, Tarantino, who you mentioned, Quentin Tarantino, Robert De Niro, Halle Berry, Samuel L. Jackson. Paul, wow, this is amazing, 50 Cent and Tyler Perry. Are there one or two interviews or memories or moments in those interviews that stand out and are special to you, and I? Well,
2: I will say of the ones you just mentioned, Um, let's go with Oprah first and then remind me, because sometimes I get so long-winded, I forget. So I'll start with Oprah and then Samuel Jackson is the second one um, of the names you just mentioned. So the reason why I say Oprah is because my um, friend of over 20 years, whom I've known since high school, he's an actor, he moved to LA from Chicago with me some many, many years ago. And we used to always joke and say, he would say, from his point of view as an actor. And then from my point of view as a writer director at the time, we would always joke and say, you know, we'll we'll know we've made it when Oprah interviews us, right? We used to always joke when we when when we are interviewed by Oprah, Oprah, we've made it. I couldn't have imagined that one day <laughs> I would be interviewing Oprah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So that is a that when that moment came and I'm sat there face to face with Oprah and it felt like talking to a family member she was so warm and so inviting. There was nothing cocky about her, nothing, um, nothing arrogant. You know, she made you feel like you belonged in her space. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So that, that was very, that I'll always cherish that. Right. And Samuel L. Jackson, I'll tell you this because this is wild. So let's go back to Miramax. I told you, and I'll I'll try to tell you this without being long-winded, but it's just so amazing how life works full circle. So I told you that I got my, started off at Miramax, this woman, Shannon McIntosh, um, was essentially my boss, her and a woman named Kim Berman, right? So that was in 99, 2000. Maybe until until 2001. So I leave Miramax, we go on, I go on to other jobs. Fast forward many years later to Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight. So The Hateful Eight came out what, maybe three or four years ago? Maybe five years ago? I'm like, well, no, probably about five or six years ago, right? I hadn't seen Shannon McIntosh since 2000. So there I am at, as a reporter at the um payful eight junket in LA. And I'm talking I'm, I'm talk, the inter, the interview the interviews end in with the stars and the cast and everything. And I go out into the lobby, and there's Samuel L. Jackson in the lobby, right? And I said, well, let me go talk to Samuel L. Jackson. So I go up to him and I start talking to him. And here comes Shannon. I hadn't seen Shannon in years, right? So there's this big reunion. Now, I knew she was there, because she's been producing co-executive producer for Quentin Tarantino's films for years. Um, but I didn't think I would have a moment with her, right? And um, so she comes up, she's like, nah, and we have this reunion and Sam looks, cause obviously Sam knows her. And Sam's like, Shannon, you know her. And, She's like, yeah, she used to work for me. <laughs> and Sam's like, oh, hey, you know, and I think he gave me a big hug. So that's an, above the ce- celebrities you just mentioned, those stand out because it's like that full circle, circle moment with Shannon standing there with Sam Jackson, right? And then Quentin
0: Tarantino's like right there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was, it was surreal to say the least. Yes. Did you take lots of pictures um, for, you know, on, on these interviews? Absolutely. And, you know, I have two Instagram accounts, the
2: one Instagram account that you probably are aware of. I think we're following each other. I have another Instagram account that I was, I haven't used in years, but that's the one I started with. And that's the one that has still up. I just, for some strange reason, I don't know why I switched. I don't know why I switched accounts. I can't tell you why. Um, but a lot of um, my old journalist moments, you know, red carpet moments, junkets, a lot of those photos are on that page. And um, I'm, I think all of those photos with Sam and Quentin and all, you know, all those photos are on that page. Yeah. What I'll probably share that. I'll, you know, if, if, if you include this in the final um, edit, I'll add the link on my Facebook page. I'll add the link to my other Instagram so people can go back and check that if they wanna see it.
0: Great, great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes, I want to follow that as well. Don't you, Paul?
1: A hundred percent. I I'm, uh, <laughs> i don't know how to say this with, with, without uh, being mean to myself, but my ex-wife used to say, you're such a star effer, you know, because I, lo- I love- uh, Me too. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm like, I'm just a fan. She's like, no, you, you know, and, and I, you know, I'll do it with my friends that, that are, that are celebrities that I've known for 20 years from the second city days. Uh, and then it kind of wears off and then it's just normal, you know? So i just like to start out with a compliment, like, Hey, obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of your work. And, th- and then it just goes into a normal conversation because uh, I'm maybe impressed a little at first, and then it, it kind of just goes away. Uh, but I have a, cel- I have a club on clubhouse called celebrity. And I think, you know, and, First, it was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe that this one word is available. You know, I didn't realize, you know, Clubhouse was so early that many great names are available. And I've started other many great clubs like just, you know, voiceover or money, you know. But, um, uh, yeah, Celebrity was my first. And it's my biggest club on Clubhouse with like almost like 8000 members. But it's just so funny that, uh, yeah, I I have this, you know, because you want to learn. You can learn from them you can you know, chat with them, but they're just real, they're, they're just people. They're just real people. So that's, that's, that's amazing true. that you get to interview all these high profile people, especially like Oprah being from Chicago and Harpo Studios being, being, uh, you know, such an integral part of Chicago. And I had a friend from the improv world that actually worked for Oprah. So he had a lot of stories and we would share those. So yeah, that's the, I, I, I love that, that whole culture. And then it's funny when people say, "Like, well, you're you know, you're a celebrity. You've been on TV. You're yeah, you've been on TV. You've been in some films." And I don't even look at it that way. So it's interesting.
0: In fact, you're coming up. Uh, there's a, another TV show you're coming up uh, with. Can we mention that, Paul?
1: Yeah, sure. sure. Uh, but but just just like now, I can't divulge much information because it's a game show. Uh, it's called "To Tell the Truth," with uh, Anthony Anderson and his mom as, as hosts, and I'm in the episode with. Uh, with uh, Kim Fields, who was 2D on Facts of Life. And I think it's pronounced London Hughes, who is a presenter from the UK. And Oliver Hudson, Kate Hudson's brother. And, and I think Goldie Hawn's son, maybe. And uh, yeah, so... so uh, the, Congratulations. I, 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 so, so I've cool. already given away a little bit. I'm, I'm obviously not the celebrity on there, but I'm on the panel. And I think that's all I can say for now. And it airs this coming Tuesday, which would be Tuesday... March 28th, I think. Oh, nice. Tuesday. So 29th. on ABC, yeah. 7 p.m. Pacific. So we'll figure out what time that is. Oops. Uh, sorry. <laughs> so I, I'm very excited about that. And I'm not supposed to give away any more information, whether I'm an imposter or the hero of the of the episode. Thank you, Paul, for that. I do
0: want to mention it Tuesday. Next Tuesday is March 29th. March everybody 29. out there okay. so i want everyone to pencil that uh actually pen that in on their calendar and 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 watch uh paul and support him when that comes on and thank congratulations you. paul i think i'm so proud of you I'm so proud oh, of my you.
1: so proud see, of my my co-host you see i am a celebrity thank you thank <laughs> <Yes>, you yes <laughs> <laughs> you are if you'd like to interview me anytime now please well
2: absolutely <laughs> i'm surprised i didn't get the clip they often send me um um preview clips for to tell the truth i'm surprised i didn't get a clip for next week's episode
1: i'm so oh, shocked I, I, I'll, I'll uh w- as soon as a producer i have a feeling uh one of the producers will probably contact me this week because of course they want us to put it out there on social media but they don't yeah. want us to reveal they, they tell us how to do it so if if of you course. don't mind i I'll, I'll i'll mention if they could maybe send you a clip yeah of that, that absolutely maybe. please do
0: Wow, I love this. I love bringing people together like you do, Paul. You love bringing people together. We all work together. We collaborate. This is so much fun. Thank you so much, Nye. I'm excited absolutely. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my yeah, job to help promote and brands and, you know, yeah, absolutely. I, that's I, that's what I love
2: to
1: do. W- where absolutely. can people uh, read your interviews or, I mean, and, and are you a freelancer or do you have your own website where you put these interviews? Well,
2: right now I put most of them, um, on my Facebook page. Right. So, um, so I have a Facebook, um, which is Nye McGee, which is, you can see my name on the screen. Um, and then on Instagram, it, uh, has, my Instagram has a lot of just the photos of moments that I've had with, you know, at celebrity, um, in-person interviews
1: um, as a freelancer,
2: I- like you asked Paul I work for um, eurweb.com, thegrio.com, Emmys, the Emmy Awards, freelance for the Emmys. I do freelance for BET every once in a while. So yeah, I I work freelance for multiple outlets, but my main outlet, um, it doesn't feel like freelance because I work full time, um, would be eurweb.com. And so most of my links I post on Facebook, right? Um, I try to get, I try to, 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 do it daily, but I'm not, I'm not good at it. <laughs> um, people tend to just know, um, if they're following me on, on any one of the outlets, I think people just kind of follow me on that outlet. You know, if you're following my, my, um, author's page on any one outlet that I'm writing for, then you just kind of go and click on that author embarrass myself in front of Brian Cranston. Can I tell you my Brian Cranston story really please. quick please. First of all, I'm a huge Breaking Bad fan. I am a Breaking Bad fanatic. All right? And so there we there I am one day working this this um press event. Brian Cranston is promoting a show. I think it's called Super Supermarket. I don't remember what it's called. Anyway, I get an opportunity to sit at a round table with Brian Cranston.
0: So I'm like, oh, my
2: God, I can't believe it. Eisenberg. Yes, Walter White. I'm so excited. So there he is. There I am. And there's like three other people at the table, his co-stars and the producers from this show. Now, mind you guys, nothing about this interview is about Breaking Bad. He's not playing a character. It's, it's like animated or something, if, if memory serves me correctly. But I have Breaking Bad on my mind the whole time. And I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, right? So I says, I, re- I, I'm, I remember getting my, I remember at the height of Breaking Bad, getting my brother into Breaking Bad and getting my friend on the East Coast, a black guy, who's not really into TV, into Breaking Bad. So I was thinking about these two black guys that I managed to convert into Breaking Bad fans. And then I started thinking about the other Black guys that I know who were aware of my Breaking Bad um, fandom because I was always talking about it on social media and how they got into it too. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, Brian Cranston, Black guys love Breaking Bad and... <laughs> he's like he suddenly goes into like heisenberg character right he's like i know because i think it came off like black guys who are into drugs or drug dealers are into (laughs) breaking bad and i didn't mean it like that at all and i think maybe that's how he took it because (laughs) his character was a big drug lord right and I'm like, oh God, I'm so embarrassed because that's not what I meant at all. So yeah, <laughs> that was my embarrassing Brian Cranston moment. He I, took it, I, you know, I, it was fun, yeah. right? But yeah, I, I just had to share that, guys, because that, that's one of that's one of all the of all my celebrity moments of, entertain, of interviewing celebrities that I'm a fan of. Um, that was the one time I I feel like I embarrassed myself
1: fairly. Uh, <laughs> did, that, did, did, did the fellow journalists kind of like look at you like what the wait what
2: um i don't recall perhaps because <laughs> i would think i was kind of like this you know what i'm saying i think I, in my mind i was like oh did you really just do that man did you really just say it like that i was just so um nervous to be in this yeah. present i was so nervous and in my mind i was too in my mind you know you know overthinking the situation that it came out. Yeah.
0: So, that's totally that's understandable. It, that's so funny and and it's totally understandable. I, I get that, don't you, Paul?
1: Yeah, a, a hundred percent. So sometimes that filter doesn't work. Like, well, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know but you were also letting him know that, that you've turned people on to his project and, yeah. and he should be grateful. It just didn't come out exactly right. It's uh, <laughs> black, black dudes love Breaking Bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, you know it's, it's so funny well I would, oh. I would, I would love to follow I, I hope you get to interview him again and, and uh, you guys chat about that because that how funny yeah, you know, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know. and then sometimes and, and you know what things have happened where it's come back to me and I hear something I'm like that's hilarious They're like well yeah you said it you know so a lot of times we hear things we don't even remember them so for him it could have just been a throwaway line but it's you're you've been thinking about this for the longest time, just like uh, there's this great podcast called Dead Eyes, and it's about this this actor who got fired, let go from Band of Brothers, which was filming in the UK, apparently because Tom uh, Tom Hanks said he has dead eyes, and it's been troubling him for twenty some years. But now he's made this whole podcast exploring that, and and he, I think he had like like Seth uh, Seth R- no uh, who's who's the comedian not Seth. Yeah. Seth Rogen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Seth, Seth Rogen. And, and he brought up the same thing. It's, it's like, you know, people have, have, he's said things and people don't remember, or people have said things to him that were like, Oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. And he's like, you know, I, I've talked to so many people. I don't remember. It didn't affect me as much as you think it affected me, but, but, you know, it's a great story though. Nye. I think that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, it really, really is. Thank you so much, Nye, for sharing that. And, and thank you, Paul. And you're absolutely right. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I'm using your quote, 100%. 100%. <laughs> I love it. Um, and I wanted to ask you, Nye, who, speaking of interviews, who would you like to interview next? Well, I love Gary um, Oldman.
2: Gary Oldman is my number one favorite actor. And I would love to interview Gary Oldman, number one on my list. Um, And then followed by, in no particular order, Keanu Reeves, Christian Bale, and Idris Elba.
0: Ooh, those are really great. Oh, my gosh. That would be so much fun, wouldn't it?
1: 100%.
0: Yeah, 100%.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, I know know Keanu probably has... um, John Wick five next year. I don't know if he's going to be promoting anything between now and next year. So maybe, maybe, you know, I can get on somebody's radar at that studio and maybe get an interview with him. Um, Many, 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 many years ago, I used to run the Gary Oldman fan club online. That was ancient, ancient years ago, Um, but I never got a chance to meet him. and so, yeah, I would love—I would love to meet and interview Gary Oldman. Wonderful, amazing, amazing.
1: Let's put it out there. Yeah. yeah, put it out there, and hopefully, it'll happen.
0: Yeah, putting it out there right now into the universe, and we're all that thinking is... good thoughts that that will manifest now. As, yeah, as I love that. Is <laughs> manifesting right now. Um, you know, you've interviewed so many incredible uh, people, and would you consider writing a book about your interviews? I never thought about that, but that's a good question. Um,
2: I think now that you asked me, I would consider it, absolutely. Because here's why, <clears throat> I often get asked by um, folks who want to pursue this field as well, right? Um, how to break in, how to overcome nerves if you're like an introverted kind of person, right? which I, believe it or not, tend to be. I am kind of shy in social settings, right? I'm not an icebreaker kind of gal. I need that person who's the icebreaker in crowds. But I've had to learn to overcome those, my fears, right, Um, in this industry. I've had to learn to overcome certain insecurities in this business (laughs) in order to be a um, presence, a strong presence, when I'm interviewing talent, so I think some of the tips and the tricks that I've um, learned for myself, I suppose I could put in a book to help other people because some of these tips and tricks I've shared with with individuals who've asked me, how do I do this, and who do I contact to get into this, and what do I say, and what do I write about, and you know, so yeah, I think I would,
0: I would, I would do it, AJ. Great, because I would love to read it and purchase it and support you. Wouldn't you, Paul? Wouldn't you love to read all the details of Nye's um, interviews and uh, tips and experiences that she's had? It's so enriching her life. What do you think, Paul?
1: A hundred percent. I would. <laughs> I absolutely would. I mean, I, I would. I, I'm gonna. I hope you don't mind, and, and I, I hope it doesn't come across as selling, but. I would love to get an eye on, on our Owl app because I, I think uh, it's an app that, I don't know if I've sent you the information now or not, but I think you would be wonderful on it. Uh, it's an app where you can monetize your knowledge, where, where people can call to talk to you. And I, I know that we're free with our knowledge. I mean, as an actor, you get the question many times over, especially like on Clubhouse and, and we're there voluntarily. You know, Sometimes, yeah, of course you get tips and whatnot, but that, we, that's not the reason we're doing it. We, we'd go hungry if we did. Uh, mm-hmm. But we love sharing our information, but you know, our time is valuable. So I, I, if you don't mind, I'll send you a Absolutely. link, which, which is now in the app store where you, you as an expert can set your own rate, even if it's $10 for 10 minutes or $20 for 10 minutes and answer questions about, you know, cause it's, it's, it's weird, you know, it comes easy to us sometimes, you know, but like, even like you said, you know, you, you almost need a wing person. So that's a strategic partnership. You can even talk about that. Like, Hey, if you can't do it on your own, that's fine find a friend you know because I'm kind of fearless uh especially if if, if there's a connection I'm not going to approach somebody and and, you know I mean I have but it's easier if there's a connection like when uh my friend Wendy McClendon-Covey from Reno 911 and she's now Beverly on the Goldbergs and uh and her husband Greg we went to uh RuPaul's drag uh, the the the, the drag con RuPaul has this annual event so this was right before COVID I think and uh um uh, what's her name? Visage was, was there, you know, and she works with, you know, Wendy knows her. And I was like, hang on, l- let me reconnect you guys. And I just went up and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm with w- Wendy McClendon Covey she wants to say hi. She's like, yeah. And there's, you know, this huge line, but I'm like, I'm kind of, and Greg, her husband's like, you're kind of fearless. I'm like, well, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not asking anything from her. I'm actually trying to create something that's the synergy that's better. Like let's introduce people. I, that might be a bad example, but you know, if you can f- Get this little nugget of of commonality then I think you can talk to anyone and 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 but I can see people calling you to find out about you know how do you talk to celebrities how do you set up a celebrity interview like I would like to to know that I mean you can't yeah. just really reach out do you go through their publicist do you Me go too. through their manager things like that There have so many questions I would call you an owl to find out all these things so I'll, I'll send you the link if you don't mind yeah
2: please do yes please do thank you
1: we would I love, love to have that. you the platform as an expert. Yeah, thank you. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much. I love that idea. Here we are coming together. I love to it. have it an loves. incredible company called Nye Utopia. Can you tell us about that? It's a multimedia company. Right. So
2: um, the name of the company is actually a play on my name, actually. Um, it's Nye Utopia. And I wanted to call the company Nye Utopia because I feel like that encompasses like all the, the crazy ideas that I have for projects. Uh, in terms of um, short films, audio projects, social audio projects, podcasts, um, um, visual projects. I feel like if, if one would say, man, I feel like my mind is a circus, right? A circus of art, a circus of, of um, filled with like passionate creators, artists, entertain, you know, musicians. uh would be the name of that circus, right? So anyway, um, the company um, is very, very new. I started this company during COVID. um, And and I started this company because I realized I was already working as a independent artist in terms of um, creating social audio, creating podcasts, um, producing shorts for um, um, film students, right? And so I thought to myself, how can I, you know, people started saying to me, Nye, you are the company, you are the business. Yes. Right? <laughs> um, and you are the services. Like, you know, people started calling me for, I need you to help me put this together, write my press release, help me package this, help me find this producer. Like you are the go-to. So um, my company really is my services and the small crew of people that I work with who are podcasters, social audio. So we, we write um, well, we've been writing um podcasts. It's really social audio and um and and visual visual content, right? Short films and podcasts and um and and um audio narration. Like we're um I have an actor friend of mine who's um audio narrating two books so far. A long time friend who's published twenty books, right? So, um, so that's what really what we do. For now, years, I've been contacted by people who want to who are either in college, um, studying journalism, they're they they've graduated or they're in high school and they want to be mentored. And so, I also mentor and foster content creators and um, digital journalists. Um, and just, I, I like to refer to them as the next generation of storytellers, right? Um, I did a career day just yesterday, at, for high school, which resulted in a handful of students wanting mentorships and guidance um, because they want to become, they want to be journalists and/or filmmakers, and they don't know, you know, they're clueless. As 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 expected, they're just kids, right? Yeah. Um, and so. They were very excited to speak to someone like me and I'm very excited to speak to them, right? <laughs> it's, it's so, you know, one gal, I couldn't, I was so excited. One gal said, you know, I wanna I want to study mass communications, but I also wanna be a filmmaker. Should I go to film school? And I, and I almost felt bad for telling her, you really don't need to spend four years in film school. You know, I did it. I love the experience. I'm not gonna tell you not to do it, but you don't have to do it, right? I said, you're you're in a position right now, young lady, you have the equipment and then and the and the tools at your hand right now to go out and make a film. <laughs> I said, you don't quite understand what I mean by that right now, but you will once you make your first film as an independent.
0: I was working right? with legendary film producer Roger Corman. What was that like? And do you have a favorite experience? First of all, you have to understand. <laughs> When I was um, middle school
2: age, young girl, right? um, Watching Roger Corman films, which I probably shouldn't have been at that age. And just Roger Corman being one of the filmmakers at a young age, inspiring my um, creative drive, inspiring me wanting to be in film. So having been a longtime fan of Roger Corman, and then going to film school at Columbia College and having a Roger Corman class. We had a class on Corman's films and his influence and impact in the industry, which I took. So I couldn't have imagined one day that I would move to L.A. and actually get a job working for the man. Right. Yeah. So what was that like? It was I'll say this. A it was one of those moments where and even now I think to myself and like I thought to myself back then, dreams really do come true. Number one. And number two, um, that job, like most of the jobs I had up until that point, um, taught me a lot about um, the business of show, right? The business of show, the business of show business. And in that particular capacity, we worked in home video. So this was, this had to be, when was this? Mm, God, early 2000s maybe, maybe, I'm not sure now. when video, when DVDs were still a thing, okay, when you still would go to Hollywood Video and Blockbuster when that was still a thing, right? And so I worked in the DVD department, the marketing DVD department, and that experience taught me a lot at that time about how the home video market worked. Um, when assets needed to be delivered, the all the various players that needed to be in place to get. Uh, a movie get from move from theater to um, package for and ready for DVD, video release, then the steps to video release and working with the video houses and then working with the, um, the um, advertisers and the, um, in, uh, the magazines and the industry magazines to, to, to place the ads for the DVD release. So that was a very enriching experience because it taught me a lot about marketing and promoting um dvds and vhs base i shouldn't even say that it, a lot let me rephrase it taught me a lot about the marketing promotion and distribution of home entertainment um the home entertainment business yeah amazing yes i, I remember streaming those service days. we have to netflix and the in the streaming movies yeah. we have to um have to i don't want to say blame but came in and kind of shook up the industry and you know, it's interesting, I interview a lot of television executives and producers and they have expressed fear that um, the same thing is gonna happen with TV and, and film um, in terms of going to the actual theater because a lot of people are so, like right now, I, 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 I think it's 60% of um, you know home entertainment, audience, are still consuming content on the television, whereas 40% is getting it online, but it's growing, right? And so what's gonna happen when that 40% surpasses, and becomes the 60%. So a lot of television executives and TV producers I've spoken to, they've expressed fear that, hey, it could come to pass where, you know, television is not as important as it used to be. And what's gonna happen to all of us who are in this space who rely on the TV medium for our livelihoods, right? These streaming apps are kind of—I don't want to say they're taking over. I don't even want to say they're dominating. Okay. But hey, I, I'll use me as an example. I have a household. Luckily, we ha- we all love our, our our movies. Our cable bill is a little over three hundred dollars a month. Ridiculous. Now, the reason why our cable bill is that because we have a complete we have cable, internet, phone, and then everybody has a box in their room, a receiver in their room, right? But the thing about it is we hardly watch the cable. Everybody's on the apps watching Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, Disney, because that's where all the great content is. So now we're like, well, my household has been talking in the last couple of weeks, how do we get rid of cable, (laughs) Right. We don't even watch TV. We're all on our devices, and I feel like this—this this is happening in millions of homes.
1: And, and oh, it's, it's this whole movement of is. cut the cable. Exactly. And it's—it's it's like I, you know, I hate even saying it because I mean I did it, and I should be, but but it, because it doesn't matter. You know, we as actors should be watching everything that's out there. But I'm like, I don't have to watch it today. Even my episode to tell the truth, it'll be—it uh, airs today. It'll be on Hulu tomorrow. You know so if you cut the cable uh, and and then just just rely on your internet I mean I went from probably that to maybe you know less uh, but I know my mom is probably at. she's single yeah uh, you know, she, she, she she's a she's a widow uh, she uh, I made it sound like like you know she's a swinging single uh, in her 80s or however old she is but you know I think she's paying like 200 bucks. Because when her when her nephews and when my brother comes over, she wants to have a, a, a box in every room and you're like, you don't need that. I'm like, you don't even need all that. You can just watch it on your phone or on your iPad and save 150 yeah. bucks. I think I went from probably a couple hundred bucks to $50 a month, I think, you know, just for the, for get fast internet and everything you want is on there. So I don't know if I'm shooting myself in the foot, but I mean, that's what's, that's the way it's going because... My goodness, $300. And a lot of people that I know, you know, um, my friend Terry, who owns Binion's and Four Queens, he has all the sports packages. So he's like, it's just him and his wife. Granted, you know, he has the money, but, you know, three, I don't know, 300, 350 a month just to be able for entertainment, like. Not worth it. Not worth it. Agreed. You can get an antenna, you know, and and watch HD TV over the air, you know, over the air antennas for free. Um, and, and, and a, a good, strong internet signal. And that's all you need it was, and it's on demand. It's like, what do I want to watch today? You know, it's right there. So absolutely.
0: That's amazing. Thank you for that. Yes, I agree. It's definitely changing. And, um, and we but we we still love our content we still want to watch those great shows and that great content that the producers and the directors are putting out there and especially independent ones as
1: well and and now we've added this and 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 you know this nai this whole social audio and you're helping contribute to to the uh, enormous amount of content that's out there uh and that's something that i'm working on on an app you know to to Call all that information because it's amazing how much content is out there, especially now with social audio, the explosion of social audio and podcasting, just like just like we're doing. Yeah, it's so true.
0: It's so true, and I think it definitely is the way of the future. Um, you know, and I want to thank you for being on this podcast together as our podca- podcast family. Um, and our tribe, and, and, and we, uh, we are so thankful. Um, I have a couple more questions and I'm gonna hand it over to Paul. Um, you worked with uh, Quentin Tarantino's production team and you also worked with Jim Henson of the Muppets. Is that right, Nye? No, no, no. I worked at, at Jim Henson's
2: studio there, the Jim Henson company there in LA, but I worked for his children, Brian and Lisa Henson, were running the company at the time that I worked there. So I worked directly under them. Um, Because Mr. Henson himself has long been passed away. Um, So I worked for Brian and Lisa. And they were, um, you know, what can I say about that experience? I mean, my takeaway from that experience was this. And you know that expression, the grass is not always greener on the other side. We've all heard heard that expression, right? I remember, I have to take you back to earlier in the conversation when I said, after I graduated film school, you you sit back and you think to yourself, well, I don't have that, I'm not born into this business. I'm not a Brian and Lisa Henson. You know, my dad wasn't Jim Henson. Or when I was working at Roger Corman, Roger Corman, he had his son worked at the company too, and we kind of formed a little bond back then, right? And I I tie him into my statement. What I took away, and I, I and I'm I'm trying to say this carefully because I don't want to say anything that may seem um, disrespectful to Henson kids. Um, how should I say this? It was a once in a lifetime uh, experience. <laughs> it was a once in a lifetime experience, and no. It, it, they were wonderful to work, with, work for, wonderful to work for, but it, 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 was, it, it reminded you family doesn't always want to follow in the family business. You know what I'm saying? It's like, just because your dad or your mom is who they are, doesn't mean the kids want that too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And when you're an outsider looking in, you know, you probably think, oh, if my parent was so-and-so, I would be so thrilled and I could do this and I would be easy to get in. You never really think about, hmm, oh, so you have no interest in this business at all. Wow. Wow, that's interesting. So you don't want to run the family company. You don't want to be a boss. You don't want anything to do with this at all. That's very fascinating. (laughs) So uh, I've had experiences, you know, that was a takeaway, right? Right. That was a takeaway now um but working for the both of them was they were they were very kind i remember at the time brian henson was dating i don't know if he's still dating this woman um ione sky i think is her name she was in the actress she was in legend i believe and that film legend that came out in the 80s i think with tom cruise and i remember one day i'll never forget this i remember one day i was sitting at my desk and i didn't know she was in his office and the radio was on and i was singing right i was singing really kind of low to the music and all of a sudden she comes out and she's like is that you singing were you just singing to that song and i'm like yeah she's like oh my god your voice is so beautiful i would buy your album are you a singer i'm like no i'm not actually i'm a writer oh your voice is so beautiful i just love it you should sing i would buy your album So yeah no but it was a great experience working for i worked in the marketing in the marketing department um, at Henson, and it was, it was, a, it was again one of those gigs where you are blessed to learn the business side of the Muppets, you know. Yes, yes. Did you see, did you,
0: were there Muppets there that they have them on display, or oh, they're everywhere, there are Muppets everywhere, Yes, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Muppets, Muppets everywhere, the entire compound is a Muppet.
1: Okay, so well, it's, it's 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 funny. The grass is always greener on the other side, and yeah. no one knows. You know, everyone has a cross to bear. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And, and we, from the outside, look in. You're like, oh my god, my life would be so much easier had this, blah blah blah. And and then other people are probably looking at us, going like, oh, you don't know how lucky you are. You don't have to do this. You know, right. you're here because you want to, or you know, any of those, any of those examples, but yeah, everyone has a cross to bear and, and and we're all, you know, it's, it's, it's not any easier what what you're going through than what I'm going through. But uh, yeah, I think that's, that's a great story.
2: Yeah. I've had, um, it's interesting because, you know, I've done freelance for a very long time as a celebrity reporter. And I've often had moments where I've thought, oh, I would love to work in the newsroom at t- PMZ, or I would love to work in the uh, entertainment news, you know, at the newsroom of like Entertainment Tonight or uh, a news entertainment news show on the E! Network, right? And I can't tell you the number of times I've been at um, um, red carpet events or a junket or something, right? And a reporter from one of these outlets, you know, a staff reporter, a full-time staff reporter will come up to me and say, you're so lucky you're
0: freelance. (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
2: "Wow." Okay. And I was like, interesting, because I look at, I I enjoy the freelance life. I have no complaints, really. There are a few. Um, But i always
0: like, hmm, I want your job, though. But Um, I want your job. Wow. Yeah amazing
1: amazing I'm, okay i'm the same way as, as as a business owner you know my uh and it's it's i feel like i've lived my life in reverse where you know my first business was oberweiss Dairy of geneva oh i was like 23 and that was my first business and i haven't stopped since whether it's you know us hair force which was a hair salon or bob cabs a taxi cab company and then vato cigars and then also being an actor i mean you're in business for yourself You're just that okay. you're the product and, and then now, as I've gotten way older, I'm, I'm like, I would love to just work for someone. I mean, this is, I think what, I'm not working for AJ, but we're working together and she's doing yeah. it all, all, you know, she directs the company, she's doing this. And I'm, it, for me, it's just like, this is so refreshing because yeah. I don't have to make any decisions. I don't have to be up 24 seven worrying about something. You know, I still do about bottle cigars and, you know, but, but it's like, oh, how lovely would it be to just work for somebody for eight hours a day Get a check, you know everything is good. And then and then I think about it, I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. I'd rather work, you know, 16 hours a day for myself than eight hours a day for, for someone else. But I don't now I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I think I would. I, I, you know, so if anyone wants to give me a CEO job somewhere or some corporate job, uh uh my my uh I'll accept, you know, I accept your offer.
0: You're hired. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right now. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> oh that's great okay well you know we're coming uh to the end of the show we need to start wrapping it up unfortunately i'm so sorry but you know what i've had such a wonderful time and i hope you have too nye and Absolutely. we're gonna do we're gonna do um as uh yvette vargas's tradition we're gonna do uh final thoughts um so i'm gonna go over to you paul first and then nye take it away paul
1: wonderful uh, well i think i've, I've already said it I think I've already said too much, Uh, but uh, thank thank you so much, AJ, for putting uh, this program together and uh, allowing us to meet amazing and uh, talented people that, that we know, we know from clubhouse. Yes. But you don't get to know someone until you kind of come face to face with them. And uh, again, you know, I keep mentioning this, it's like, this is the reason I want to do my travel show and meet people that I've only met on social audio or, or um, you know, uh, social media, but I'd love to, you know, I'd love to come through Chicago and have Nye show, uh, show me around her neighborhood, her family, oh. you know, take me to Columbia college. I had a friend who used to teach improv there who, who since passed away, Jim Zulavik, oh. you know, I would, I would, you know, I, I know of Columbia, but I've never been there, but maybe we meet there and have coffee Absolutely. there or something, Absolutely, you know, because I know it's such a Chicago institution. And then we go over to hang, hang out at the second city and, then you know, because that was so integral to me, but, uh, But imagine going to, I don't know, to to the UK or Australia or Thailand or Africa and meeting people that I've made these connections with and getting to do that. So every every day it's a step closer and it's so inspirational to meet people like you and I that that have, you know, that are freelance. You're so lucky you're a freelancer. So I'm just kidding. (laughs) So thank you. (laughs) Thank you for being here and allowing us to, uh, to, to learn a little bit about your life. Thank you.
2: Well, thank you, thank you for AJ Paul. Thank you for having me. I'm always so, so very humbled when anyone is interested in hearing me talk um, about my journey. Um, and I know I can get long-winded. So AJ, I hope you, I hope I answered your questions um, thoroughly. <laughs> and um, I, I, I agree with you, Paul. I can't tell you how I got on that Clubhouse app out of curiosity because I had heard about it and I heard it was wild and I didn't know what I was gonna get out of it until it's, until I made the app make sense for me, right? And I've met so many wonderful people like you, like AJ, like the angel. I can't tell, let me, can I tell you really quickly how long I've been trying to get up on Yvette's stage and the fact that Yvette has finally noticed me and she even acknowledges me I can't even tell you. One day I was telling my mom, mom, Yvette notices me. And my mom was like, who the hell is Yvette? <laughs>
0: we love Yvette. She is amazing. You know, she is behind. Yeah, I, I hear you. Go ahead. Absolutely. No, but I, I'll, I'll end on that. It's just meeting
2: so many wonderful people and connecting with um, authentic people like Yvette, yeah. like you and the handful of people on this app. So thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. And I will end on this. My favorite quote is from the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I saw in the late 80s. And that quote is, don't dream it, be it. And ever since I heard that as a young girl, I said, that's my motto in life. Don't dream it, be it. And I feel like I have, I'm living that, you know, my dreams. I'm like living the dreams that I had as a child.
0: So I leave that for your audience. Don't dream it, be it. I love that. Don't dream it, be it. And we're going to take your advice, Nye, and we're going to uh, live it. That's our dream. We're going to live our dream. So, Thank you so much again. We appreciate you. We love you. And we look forward to seeing you again, having you come on the show again, and also seeing you on Clubhouse. So until next time, I usually say this, we are such a fan of yours, and we forever will be, Nye. And we send you hugs and kisses and lots of hearts your way. Thank you again, Nye. Thank you. Thank you so much. And
1: Paul, thank you, too. It's my absolute pleasure. Uh, So thank you for having me. And thanks, thanks for the interview, Nye. Thank you.